This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. to the Horsey Colors Podcast. I am your host, Stephen Igo. We are closing in on kickoff for East Carolina and Memphis. I'm going to bring you a short preview podcast, what to expect, what to look out for, and more. Heading into the matchup on Saturday night, 7.30 p.m. under the lights inside Dowdy Ficklin Stadium. A lot to look forward to in this game. The Pirates are wearing their modern throwbacks, paying homage to the 1980 Pirates, 1990, and also you know the early 2000 Pirates as well in the late 90s. So it, it should be an awesome look. Yes, I know they're wearing the white helmets, but hey, you know uh, anybody who's still hung up on that, I hate to break it to you, but the helmets do not have anything to do with the execution on the field. The players do not think, oh, I'm wearing a white helmet, let me screw up on this play. Or the coaches do not call plays differently because a player isn't a white helmet, nor does the defender say, oh, they're wearing a white helmet. That means we're going to win this game. So that's just not how it works. So please stop saying that. Anyways, um, we'll get into my predictions, uh, picks to click, all that a little later. The most fascinating part of this game is really the response factor, especially on Memphis's side. I mean, they absolutely blew a game they had in the bag against Houston last Friday night, and you, you just wonder going on the road where they're going to be mentally. For ECU, there's been so much talk about, hey, this is the year we compete for a conference championship, all of this. Well, realistically, all that is, is out the window unless you win out. And, and with the schedule ahead, that's just a lot to ask. So the realistic chances of this team competing for a conference title, probably gone. How does that affect the psyche of the team coming off a pretty – disheartening 24-9 loss at Tulane you know they they've said all the right things this week it sounds like according to Mike Houston he sent a message that that last week is simply not us we're not going to play like that and he did make the point also you're not always going to win but we have to play to our standard which ECU clearly did not as we've touched on this week that was probably the the worst all-around showing since early in the 2020 show uh season for the Pirates so we'll see how they bounce back this Saturday at 7:30, uh, and I think we'll know pretty on pretty early on in this football game where both teams' heads are at mentally. So, what to expect from the Memphis Tigers? Well, they're just a few plays away, as I just mentioned, from being five and one on the season. They are instead four and two, two and one in conference play. This is a must-win for them if they want to hang in the conference championship race. 
Uh, they do already have a win over Navy and a win over Temple, and they beat those teams pretty handedly. This will be a much stiffer test on the road. And if you don't know Memphis football, you probably have not heard of Seth Hennigan. He is one of the more underrated quarterbacks in college football. He's just a sophomore, but he has quietly put together two really good seasons. He put up great numbers last year as a true freshman. This year he looks even better. He's running the ball a little bit more. And it's not like he's some dynamic athlete out there. He's more or less the guy who, if you give him a seam, if you drop everybody back into coverage, he's smart enough to realize that and take off and run. He did that a lot versus ECU last year. I'll be looking forward to seeing how the Pirates approach him on on Saturday because he was elite, I remember, versus the Blitz last season, but he struggled against coverage. And if you look at him this year thus far, it's actually the opposite. He's actually been better when teams have played coverage versus when they've blitzed him. Now, part of this is the the Memphis offensive line, despite having an offensive line coach and Ryan Silverfield as their head coach, well, they, they've really been banged up and they've struggled. They've been inconsistent. They grayed out as one of the worst pass-blocking teams and one of the worst run-blocking teams in America through six games, according to Pro Football Focus. Now, they did get a couple of injured guys back uh, the, the last few weeks, including one of their, their starting offensive linemen. And so we'll see what type of shape they're in on Saturday. But th- the point is, they've been beatable up front. ECU has got to find a way to get some pressure, much like they did last week in the second half against Tulane, with a three- or four-man rush, or maybe if you have to add on a blitzer or two. But you've got to get home in this game. you got to get Hennigan on the ground. Memphis has given up more than three sacks a game, which ranks near the bottom of college football in terms of quarterback protection. And so you look at their offense. It's not quite as you know electric as last year. They had one of their, their top guys move on to the NFL, but it's still a very potent offense. A lot of, a lot of talent at the skill positions. A lot of guys who can beat you. There's no really true number one, although they do have several guys who can make big plays on you. You know, Eddie Lewis is a a talented young receiver who's made some plays. You also got Gabriel Rogers, who leads the team in receiving yards. The running backs can really catch the football. And, uh, you know, Kobe Drake and Rock Taylor are two other receivers who have played a decent amount. So you've got a number of receivers to account for here. Joe Skates is another one who have made some big plays in the past along with Javon Ivory. So you you got talent. You kind of have to account for everybody. They're going to do what they do. And uh, you can't just let Hennigan pick you apart because he does have that capability if you let him sit back there all day, survey the field, and make plays in that way. Uh, Running back-wise, they've got a starter in Brandon Thomas, who's a redshirt sophomore. He's kind of more their short yardage and red zone back. He's got seven rushing touchdowns. They also utilize – uh, Javian Ducker and Asa Martin even uh, Sutton Smith a freshman has gotten in a few games as well so they'll use a ton of personnel offensively they'll throw to the tight ends uh, again it's tough to game plan for one guy in particular and that's what makes this offense such a, a difficult task heading into game day and they're averaging over 30 points a game uh, really talented group so this will be a challenge for the East Carolina defense and I think a lot of it starts with Can they pressure Hennigan and get him off his spot? Maybe force him into a mistake. He's only thrown one interception this year, and he's thrown 10 touchdowns conversely. So really good, really good player, really tough task for the ECU defense on Saturday. Now defensively, the Tigers are giving up close to 30 points a game, and they're giving up more than 300 yards passing per game. They have had major issues 
stopping the pass. The secondary is vulnerable. They do play a decent amount of zone coverage, and that's something ECU will be, have to be better at this week. They struggled with it against Tulane. They've struggled with it a little bit earlier this season. But there should be some advantageous matchups here. The, the key is, can the Pirates' offensive line hold up? And we'll get into more of that here in a little bit. But the secondary is vulnerable, and that's a good thing because right now Memphis is grading out elite against the run. They, they're huge up front. they got a lot of big playmakers. they got a, a good downhill linebacker who has been in the program a long time now, um, and uh, Xavier Collins, and they've got also Sincere Evans, Tyler Murray, a couple other linebackers who have experience, can really get downhill, stop the run. But you can hit some passes over the middle. You can hit some underneath stuff, and they've been vulnerable to the big play in a few occasions as well. So this is a defense that has been susceptible to giving up some passing yards, and, and I just I, I have a hard time believing the Pirates are going to be able to just line up and run the football this game. They're going to have to be aggressive uh, offensively to move the chains, and of course you always got to run it to keep the defense honest. But if you can hit some big plays in the air, you know we'll see what happens as far as how many points, how many drives the Pirates can put up. Definitely need a bounce back from last week. Uh, in the special teams phase, Memphis. The kicking game was just awful last year, and they went out, added a new kicker. Chris Howard has been excellent this season for the Tigers. He's 11 for 11 on field goals, two makes over 40 yards. He's missed one extra point, and so we know the Tigers clearly have the edge. In the kicking game there, uh, they've got an excellent punter in Joe Doyle. He's averaging, I think, 45 yards net per punt, which is excellent, and 48 yards per punt. Really good numbers, especially when you compare it to what ECU has done in the punt game. Uh, the return game, they have given up a few explosive plays in the return game, including a kick return to Houston last week that really was the start of that collapse. And so they, they got to figure out that, and hopefully that's something ECU can maybe take advantage of on Saturday. The Pirates' kick return and punt return game has been solid and it certainly hasn't been a detriment. The coverage units have also been solid, and so that's been the strong point of special teams to this point for the Pirates. So what am I looking for for ECU? Well, in this football game, there's a few things in particular, and a lot of it has to do with uh, how they match up with Memphis. But, you know, the offensive line for me is the key. Pass protection was not great against Tulane, despite them only rushing three or four players at a time. And at times, they gave Ehlers all the time in the world. Other instances, they did not. And you've got a Memphis defense that will mix things up here a little bit. The offensive line will have to be on its keys. They're going to have to really pay attention to what looks they're getting. Memphis will drop an extra rusher down and go go almost with a five-man front at times. Uh, they like to go four down a lot. They'll bring an extra edge rusher and kind of stack one side. So... Offensive line is going to have to protect, and if they can do that, I do like the matchups here on the back end. I think the Pirates are in a spot where they can make some plays against this Tigers defense, but I'll be watching closely how the offensive line performs against a talented Memphis pass rush. they got an Ohio State transfer. they got a couple other defensive ends that can really get after the passer. Uh, Cremonte Hamilton is the Ohio State transfer. He's got 15 pressures through six games, and then Wardalis Ducksworth has 17 pressures through six games as well and those are kind of two defensive linemen you really want to watch out for on Saturday if you're the Pirates defensively how does the pass defense hold up so for me I'm gonna be watching really both offensive fronts 
as I just mentioned, Memphis, a lot like ECU, has been susceptible to good pass rushes this year. And the Pirates don't have the best pass rush in the world, but they showed against Tulane. They do have the capability of, of getting home. We saw that with Jeremy Lewis. We saw that with J.D. Lampley. We saw a couple of other pressures, even on guys who didn't necessarily sack the quarterback. We saw them get pressure. We saw the blitz hit home. And so really interested to see how Blake Carroll dials up this game from a play caller perspective. Does he does he blitz Hennigan a lot? Does he play more coverage? Does he try to see early on if the Pirates can get home with three or four and drop more guys back into coverage to take away some of those Memphis weapons? So that's something I'll be really keeping an eye on because the Memphis running game has been okay. It hasn't been great. You know, with an offensive line coach, they want to run the football more, but uh, it's just been hit or miss at this time, kind of like ECU. So you kind of have some similarities here in that both offensive have thrown the football well. Both running games have been inconsistent. Each offensive line has had their problems. Both pass defenses have had their problems. So you kind of have some similarities there and really who can break even on that matchup or who can make the plays will really go a long way towards determining who's going to win this football game. For ECU, I'm also watching the kicking game. Do we see any changes at snapper, at holder, at place kicker, or do they continue to roll with Owen Daffer, with Luke Larson as the holder, with Alex Harper as the snapper? I mean, right now the the combination just hasn't worked, and they have not come out and told us that there's going to be a change. You know, we saw Andrew Conrad kicking with Brock Spalding, the freshman receiver holding at one point this week in practice. That doesn't mean, though, that they're going to kick. I mean, Owen Daffer and Luke Larson were – Beside them doing the same thing throughout practice, that's just kind of your second team right now is is Brock holding and Andrew Conrad kicking. I'll say, though, Conrad has plenty of distance, no problem with his leg. Now, accuracy-wise, you never really know till you get in the game, but I'm almost at the point where why not give him a shot because whether it's Owen Daffer, whether it's the whole operation as a whole, there's just it, it just can't get much worse right now. You're, you're leaving too many points on the field. And so we'll see if it's Daffer, if it's Conrad, if it's somebody else that trots out there to begin Saturday's game in the special teams phase. And then also at receiver, does Jalen Johnson play after missing the two-lane game? I thought ECU really missed his presence at wide receiver. He's more of your slippery, faster, quicker receiver who can find holes in the zone. And I thought they really missed him against Tulane. You kind of had four bigger bodies out there. Most of the time, Isaiah Winstead, C.J. Johnson, and the two tight ends. So I think a guy like Jalen could really help. And then if he can't go, it sounds like Brock Spalding, the freshman inside slot receiver, will play, according to offensive coordinator Donnie Kirkpatrick. This is a guy I've heard a lot about, even dating back to the preseason. Kind of a Tyler Sneed light, really built in a similar mold, short, undersized, but a really good route runner, really good hands. And it sounds like we could see him start to play a lot beginning this weekend. All right, this prediction time. We are closing in on kickoff. Final prediction. We'll make first our picks to click. I thought Donnie Kirkpatrick, the offensive coordinator, said it best. Usually when Holt Naylor's has a game where he makes a few mistakes, he bounces back, and he does so in a big way. I think this is a a huge game for Holt Naylor's and the ECU passing attack. I think the offensive line will hold up. I think the Pirates will put up some points on Memphis on Saturday. Defensively, Talked about the offensive line of Memphis struggling earlier. I think Jeremy Lewis continues his surge. He got consistent pressure in the second half against Tulane. I think he will build on that and have at least a sack of Hennigan on Saturday against Memphis. My final score, I'm going with ECU 34, 
Memphis 27. I believe this is a must-win for ECU in terms of momentum, in terms of being able to have a realistic path to a bowl game. If you drop this game and you fall to 3-4, and four, you're going to be underdogs in the next three games. UCF, BYU, Cincinnati, and it's going to be tough, tough sledding, tough road to hoe. So I think the Pirates do everything they can. I think there's an importance I'm feeling surrounding this football game, a desire to bounce back, and I think ECU gets it done on Saturday inside Dowdy Ficklin Stadium, 34-27 to improve to 4-3 and and 2-2 two and two in conference play. Either way, we'll be back with you guys after the game on Sunday, most likely, with it being a night game. Thank you guys for listening to the Hoist of Colors podcast. We will talk to you next time. Gun, which means you need to listen to Fantasy Baseball Today in 5, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network. Join Scott White, Chris Towers, and me, Frank Samphill, every Monday through Saturday as we deliver all of your fantasy baseball needs in just five minutes. We'll break down the biggest performers, news, and prospects who could make an impact this season. Make sure to download and follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the Odyssey app, and everywhere else podcasts are found.